0: looking back as they should have, they still hurt. I wouldn't change them because I wouldn't be where I'm at today without those lessons. And we all have our own in our own way, whether it's somebody is sick or has died in our families or we've lost something or there's an obstacle in our way or something that is trying to teach us a lesson. And it's never fun. And I really believe that where there's pain, there's possibility. And that lesson has come true for me in so many ways. And letting go is how we move past that. It's how we move through it. Because when I finally let go, I mean, everything I've done is with my brain, being smart. You don't get to really running businesses or being in the C-suite or achieving certain things without having a strong intellect. Probably no better than hundreds of thousands of people, but strong and proud of it and, and wielding it like a sword. And it's fragile. And it's not real. Hey,
1: everybody. My name is Josh Remini. I am the pharmacist that deprescribes drugs by giving people health and wellness tips, tricks, hacks to moving their health from maybe not so good to vibrant. Follow along if you're ready to go beyond the pills. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this episode of Beyond the Pills. My name is Josh Rimney, the unpharmacist. I am here today with my friend, and confidant and colleague, Brent Perkins. (laughs) We're going to talk some really good stuff today. I'm excited to introduce Brent, first and foremost, as a friend of mine, and also a guru in his own ways. He's an author, he's a coach, and he's got a story of transformation that I just wanted to share with you all. So welcome, Brent. I want to tell people a little bit about how we met and how we know each other, and how we become friends. And so, Brent and I are in a group called Front Row Dads, and Front Row Dads is an amazing group. Of our moniker is Family Men with Businesses, not Businessmen with Families. And that's exactly why I joined Front Row Dads, and why you and I have changed our careers and our mindsets around business. We're very well connected in our passions, and getting to know Brent over the last couple of years really connected in ways because our stories are very similar. They're different, but they're similar in the facets of how we've gone through our own life transformations and how it's compelled us to help others. I call it the shamanic journey Yes, <sighs> you know, shamans. They don't become shamans. They're in- inferred upon becoming shamans because they've gone through their own transformational death, if you will, of their old selves. And ever since we've talked on a personal or professional level, I've always been just so enamored with your story. So I wanted the listeners to know, like, we're deeply connected because of our stories. And thank you for showing up and doing what you do in this world and for being a guest on this
0: show. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Thanks, Josh. It's been fun being your friend and getting to know you over the last couple of years, too. So I just love the synergy we have. We just seem to be attacking life in the same way.
1: Yeah. And so tell us a little bit about you. Former CEO turned X to turn Y. I think we learn more about story, right? And story. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about where you were
0: and where you've come. And then we'll talk a little
1: bit about what
0: you do and how we help other people. I spent my whole life chasing. I'm 45 today, and it was really up until a couple of years ago that I had built my entire life around reaching the next level, achieving the next thing, getting to business ownership or the C suite. And I did all of those things. And I got there, and it wasn't enough. You'd think you achieve some of these things, and whether it's money or status or power, and you're like, well, I want more. Like, this can't be it. That's the quicksand, that's the death trap. And It was a really difficult lesson for me to learn, not only interpersonally, but with my family too. And while I'm not saying this was 100% the cause of it, I did go through a divorce after 18 years. I have two kids, 16 and 19 today, and it impacted everybody. And yet it was perfect because it was my journey. So to give a quick overview of what that looked like, it looks like going to college, having a dad who started a business that was really successful, thinking I was going to take it over. He sold it. Ended up getting into sales, got moved to San Francisco, moved into wine sales, went into pharmaceutical sales, got into real estate, did all these things, started some businesses. And then by the time I was 32, got into the C-suite and sat there for the next 11 years. And it was fun. And I traveled the world and I ate every type of good food and stayed in great places and spoke at universities and hospitals and in front of big crowds and and did all the things, right? And it was not even close to enough. Mm. And I was in Vistage, which is a similar group to the EO group you're in, just a group of entrepreneurs and business owners and C-suite that are trying to to up-level, but mostly in a singular pillar, and that is around business. And like you, I was definitely looking for more personal growth, family growth, health and wellness, really this holistic picture of how do I impact myself as a human being? not just continue the chase in a different format. And I found Front Row Dads. Well, that wasn't necessarily the catalyst. It was maybe the last feather in my cap because I'd been working on things for about seven years, just slowly grinding away, going down a rabbit hole and hitting a dead end in my spirit search for religion or spirituality or personal growth or whatever that might look like. And Front Row Dads, I found this community of like-minded men, fathers, businessmen who wanted more, couldn't join that, ended up going to a live retreat. And after that, I came back and I quit my, the five-year stint I was in this one company for as a CEO. So the end of 11 years total as CEO. And it was December. My daughter said, dad, just hang out. Let's just have fun in December. And me being a driven human being, I was like, nope, I got to find the next thing. I got to push. Just take December. So sitting in meditation, which I had started about 10 months earlier and trying to practice it as I was about a year out of divorce at this point in time. And I got this message, this divine tap, whatever you want to call it. I said, you're going to write a book. I literally looked up into the sky, not like there was something physically up there. And I laughed. I was like, this is funny. Yeah, no thanks. The next day, I got the same message. And the next day, I got the same message again. But this time, it said, here's your title. And I wrote it down. I was like, what does this even mean? And the title was Paper Cuts. The art of self-delusion, and I had no idea what it meant at the time. I had to sit for almost two weeks in contemplation and research, and trying to figure out like how could this even be a reflection of my life or what I'm supposed to learn or teach. And so I tried to start writing, and I tried this to get really smart and outline the whole thing and just be witty and use all of my intellect. And it's almost like the universe slapped me again and said, "Nope, it's not how it's going to work." My message was I needed to let go, to surrender, to stop trying to control this piece too. And I did, and 60 days later, I'd written a book, and the journey's continued from there. But that's the overarching look at what does this transformation look like, and we can dive into any details you want.
1: Ah, oh, that's amazing. I always find parallels. Oh my gosh, this is, he's speaking to me. There's all these things going on in my life. There's a lot to unpack there. I do want to talk about that piece of letting go, because I think that's one of those pieces. I don't. We'll, we'll touch on that a little bit later. So. You were C-suite, CEO, going through these stuff, mission-driven, focused. And what I heard and what I think I got into this, we're talking about life, right? We're not just talking about buckets of like business and family. It's the whole thing is like, when you ask that question to yourself, is this it? Is this all there is question, right? And then you open yourself up to the possibilities of all the things because you got all the check boxes done, right? You had yeah. all the things you fit, world-class food, traveling all over the world. I'm speaking to the thing, but it wasn't, you. Uh, the way you framed it up was amazing. Like it wasn't nearly enough is what you said. So talk to us about that process that you went through because we talked about this in one of my groups in front Row dads. We're in things called bands and we had a band call today it's like a little forum for men and we talk about stuff but we talked a little bit about the understanding of change and going through it and all this and it's we talked a little bit about like life as a puzzle like a jigsaw puzzle and in order to get a jigsaw puzzle done you do the borders and the rest of it's just a jumble. But once you start getting pieces aligned, it starts to slowly become something that fits, that makes sense. But it's not like you can take all those hundreds of pieces and make sense of it. It's like the word, like paper cuts, right? They're little cuts. I love your book. We're going to plug it 1200 times here because <laughs> I've listened to it in what I just think is an, an interesting piece is not everyone does the their own audible version of their book. And so hearing you in your book was so cool for me because it was like you were talking to me the whole time, Like, right? So I loved your books, Paper Cuts, The Art of Self-Delusion. We'll make sure people have links to finding. It's a really good book. I do want to talk about the book because I want to write a book this year and like hearing you going from crazy stressed out letting go and then 60 days later book happening is so amazing to me but like we talked about that puzzle and like how life just like it's it doesn't work all at all at once so talk to us a little bit about this and hey this thing told me that I was going to write a book I didn't understand it but then I did and then I got this and then all of a sudden That let go, let everything come to you, right? In this rapid, we call it downloads, but talk to us about, because most people are like that analytical piece, right? I'm going to write a book. I'm going to be a subject matter expert. I'm going to do all that thing. And that's not what happened with you. It was like, because I remember talking to you a couple months prior to the book being done And you were just in that process, like, I'm writing a book, it's coming, I don't know what's going to happen. And then literally, like, two months later, we called, and you're like, I got my book, it's done, it's published, it's ready. So, talk to us a little (laughs) bit about your journey. And then what about, like, the book itself? Because the book is very valuable,
0: and I want people to know about it. Yeah, thanks. So, while that came, the book came together very quickly, when it finally did, this was seven, eight years of a journey of... Me fighting it, me quitting one CEO job and then thinking I'm finding something better. And it's really just trading one horse for another horse and never actually doing the real work. That's where the meditation piece comes in for me. And there's other ways to get there. Let me be clear. I don't just advocate that you have to do meditation or else. So many ways to just get silent, to listen. It's about a, there's a story towards the back of the book where a friend of mine, he's from Europe and we talk about Depeche Mode. We happen to be, grow up in the 80s and we were Depeche Mode kids. And that band, a lot of people don't know who they are. And yet they're still in the top 100 bands of all time. They're still selling out concert venues of 30,000 people today. And I could tell that to somebody who doesn't know who Depeche Mode is and go, are you kidding me? How is that possible? Like they're selling more than some of these more name brand Mm-hmm. groups are. And my friend reminded me, they came out with a new album and I said, gosh, this album stinks, man. He goes, wait a minute. Because their music wasn't made to be poppy and just go on the radio and everybody loves it. He's you got to listen in. You got to take your time, put it on repeat a couple of times, but then get silent and just hear it. I was like, dang it. He's so right. And for me, it was such a cool metaphor for life. And that more than anything man, there's so much pain along the way in my life to get to a place where I could listen in. I don't know if my marriage was salvageable, but it took having to unwind it and to part ways. I don't know whether some of my business moves and decisions were unwindable or fixable, but it took me stepping out of those roles and doing something different. There's a lot of pain, a lot of material and ego giving up along the way to get to this place. And all the lessons happened for me looking back as they should have, they still hurt. I wouldn't change them because I wouldn't be where I'm at today without those lessons. And we all have our own in our own way, whether it's somebody is sick or has died in our families or we've lost something or there's an obstacle in our way or or something that is trying to teach us a lesson. And it's never fun. And I really believe that where there's pain, there's possibility. And that lesson has come true for me in so many ways. And letting go is how we move past that. It's how we move through it. Because when I finally let go, everything I've done is with my brain, being smart. You don't get to really running businesses or being in the C-suite or achieving certain things without having a strong intellect. Probably no better than hundreds of thousands of people, but strong and proud of it and, and wielding it like a sword. And it's fragile and it's not real. And the book I ended up writing, it wasn't something that took massive intellectual power. Like I wasn't writing a chemistry book or some nuanced physics book. It's about life. And stepping into that story for myself and for others, it's not something your brain can just power through and be smart and witty about. Otherwise, you're just guessing. This is just opening your heart and getting vulnerable and sharing. What's interesting from my perspective, too, is, yeah,
1: I've got this big analytical brain and it's saved me so many times And I love learning. Like one of my core passions is love for learning. So it's mm-hmm. going to always be there and draw. We talk about the process of having an open heart and awake brain and having the coherence between the two. So I always like to blend the ancient wisdom with modern science and the science says coherence, right? If this these two things are talking to each other in coherent patterns, think of like flow states for professional athletes in the zone, right? Mm-hmm. They're in a space where they lose space and time. They're in a space of coherence. They're in a resonant form. It's energetic yeah. and it's science. And so you're talking about that. And so my science brain does it that way. And then the other side of me goes like that art of letting go. There's a conceptual component to that. And then there's going from the thinking and reasoning brain into the doing of that, which I think is hard for a lot of men, for sure. And we talk about this in the FRD front row dads a lot. We're trained not to go there. We're trained not to go in deep into the heart. And I love where this is going, but I want our listeners. The book has been really helpful for me. It's like looking at this from the standpoint of life and like, the lessons learned, you said pain and, and understanding that pain is such a valuable lesson because we don't learn from our triumphs. We learn from our pain. And sometimes it's necessary to, I always say the universe keeps kicking in the ass. If you're not making that decision. It's going to get a little bit more. Going to be yeah. a little bit more in your face sometimes and be in a go. So, thank you for that. I got personal value out of that one. So, thank you. Part of this podcast is Beyond the Pills. It's talking to people about the things they can do that can take control of their own health and being. And we're talking not only physical health, mental, emotional health, and this sort of energetic, spiritual health. I think all three are fit. You need to get them all done because you can't just be like, Oh, I meditate and I eat like crap, right? There's got to be that balance between all of those. And I think a lot of what you do and what you're charged to do. So talk to us about this bold thing, this live bold, Hmm. choosing life as courageous and authentic. And I think you even throw like the word wild in there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because this is the model of your like, you want to do for other people what you've learned over this period of time and how valuable it's been for you,
0: right? Yes. Thank you for bringing that up. It's an interesting place to be. And let me back up because what you're speaking to is really this of how I am taking everything I've learned and pushing it into the world. And I'll tell you, when I wrote the book, I didn't know if I was just going to go back to being a CEO or if it was a temporary hiatus. It's turned out, it's been a 15 month. <laughs> still haven't stepped back into what I would call the normal business world. And along the way, about six months ago, I really felt called to create a brand, create support system around this. And this whole live bold came out of what did I learn from this book? Because let's be clear, I wrote the book for me. It was part of my journey. And it just so happens because of that. And that's probably why I wrote it so quickly is I didn't write it for somebody else. I wasn't trying. I just wrote it for me. At the end of it, I asked myself, now that I've learned this, now that I've gone through the letting go process, which by the way, is a forever thing. We don't stop. That's as humans, I believe what we're supposed to (laughs) be burdened with at some level forever. It's it's a difficult lesson. That's always what do I want that to be? And for me, it was I want to show up to life in a bold way. I don't want to tell any white, uh, gray or black lies anymore. I don't want to be hampered by being afraid of anything. Because if I am owning my power of choice, which is really what is the kind of mechanism in the book, which is step back into your personal agency, right? And when you do that, you don't need to control everything else around you because you you actually have control over the one thing you act, that you have control over. It's just your choice. It's your choice on what to think and believe. That is the only thing you can decide on ultimately. And knowing that is what allows you or, or allowed me to let go of everything else. So that was the mechanism to let go for me. And the book spent a lot of time like detailing that and telling stories and softening that. The entrance into how to do that. At the end of the day, it's like, okay, now what? And for me, it was live bold. It was how can I use this to show up in an authentic way, a courageous way, a wild way. We're all silly and goofy and definitely have our own nuances. And how do we bring them all to the table all the time, not hiding them and be present. Stop talking about the past or lamenting it or regretting it. In fact, I think regrets such a disservice because everything that's happened has painted the landscape of where you're at today. And there's nothing you can do about the future, really. It's going to come and you can lay some framework in the present. But it's about living in the present. It's about being present. And every great philosopher talks about that. And being bold is how to show up in the present all the way. And I call it living by choice, not by chance. Not just, hey, I'm here. Now what? No, I choose to be here. I choose to show up in this way. I choose to listen. I choose to share this piece about me, even if I'm afraid that you don't like it. Here I am.
1: That's courage, right? Courage is that first step in the in that level of regenerative motion because courage gets the action, right? Oh, woof. that's the truth of all truths, right? We all have a choice. No matter what you choose, you choose not to, you choose to, because I just sense like people listening, but what if this and what if then all of a sudden they go into worry or they go into past or the future? And it's, you're right, like all philosophers, all the gurus, everybody out there, it's all about the sweet spot of the generous present moment. That's where all creation happens. This is where all everything happens in the present moment. Nothing happened in the past, you can't change it. And you can't manipulate the future. And the only way to manipulate the future is doing what you do directly in the present and staying more present, not just physically, right? That's the point is like, How often does our brain wander, right? There's 70,000 thoughts every day, 70 to 90,000 thoughts a day. And most of them are in a pattern and most of them are in a program. And I love that. I love that piece of choice of making that choice every single moment. It's not just choice to do one thing. It's like you're making your choice. And the only way to know and discern that is to literally, I always say, just it's reframing yourself back more and more. When I talk about meditation to people, it's like it's you. Ne- you don't fail meditation. Every time you reframe it, it's actually a win. You're winning, not losing. When you yeah. people think that oh, I'm not. Fo-. Our brains are always going to not focus. We have to uh-huh. get better at it. So living bold. So tell us a little bit like, yes, I'm curious. This is my curiosity pointing is nice to hear and say what you've said. But talk to me about like your inner struggles with living bold and getting out of the sea because there's got to been some things going on in the background, right? Oh, yeah. It's not all puppy dogs and ice cream. Everybody has these thoughts. Talk to us about just your acceptance with where you are, because It it's powerful. It is courageous. Leaving a C-suite job and all the money and really searching for that purpose and living that every day is so courageous. So I want to hear it. I want to hear you a little bit.
0: Yeah. So before I answer that, I just want to say one thing about what you brought up earlier, which is when we don't live in the present, and one of the biggest Things I hear is, hey, I have to be concerned about the future. I've got to be planning for it. I got to set myself up. So even though I'm technically not living in the future, but if I don't plan for it, then I'm never going to get there. You still have to be in the present because otherwise we're disconnected. Mm-hmm. And I found that in my own life, whether it was with my kids or my family or my ex-wife or my business partner, I was living disconnected because I was always out of the present moment. Either fantasizing and dreaming about the future and not doing it from a place of acting in the present, which you referred to, or I was going through the past or feeling blame, shame, regret, something happening there. And it was so rare to just be fully present. It's like neither of us really planned for this podcast, and we showed up in a way where we are both fully here. Phones around, do not disturb. Doors are shut. We respect each other, and we are here listening to each other, knowing our truth. And speaking through it, I found I just so rarely gave people. I, I didn't honor myself that way. I didn't honor the people I showed up with that way. And it makes a difference. It makes hey, a big difference. for that
1: frame. What just came to me was also being present for our children. Right, mm-hmm. we're both dads, mm-hmm. and the scroll of death. Thinking about how do you be present with a phone in the room? Like I'm, you can't. Like it's there. Like you put it away. There is a, this piece of giving yourself the permission to not allow the distractions to come in either, right? Because they're coming for you. We're in a day and age now that meta and all these places, they want you to be plugged in and distracted and not present for as long as possible. So thank you for reframing that up. That just hit me real hard because I'm working really hard to also give myself boundaries, but also boundaries with my children. So I can also instill that with them as well, right? Because they're behind the they're challenged way more than we are from an intention perspective. I read somewhere and it sticks with me that we have the attention span of less than a goldfish now. And it used to be like 30 seconds like years ago, and now it's like down to 11 seconds. So it's accelerating in a way. My point is we have to be ultra conscious of that presence now more so than ever.
0: Yeah. and. With regards to our kids, my kids are a little bit older at 16 and 19, but there's nothing I can do today for them in terms of controlling and twisting their arm and making something happen. What I found, all I can do is model. And this actually segues us into the question you asked earlier, but I feel called not to be on social media at all. And I do have Instagram and I check it because my kids will send me stuff every now and then, but that's it. I don't scroll on there anymore. I initially created something for my business on Facebook and Instagram, and I haven't updated it since literally the first week, and I'm not going to. I'm not going to be on there. LinkedIn, I feel, is a little different. There's a little bit of movement on there. But for me, this also, I'm getting ahead of myself, but it's part of where I'm trying to take my business, this new business, whether it's speaking or writing another book or coaching, it takes people finding me. It takes me finding them. How do you do it without social media? And the amount of people I interact with that can't believe, they're astonished that I'm not on social media and I'm not going to be. And I can just feel that they're just projecting failure onto it. And yet I was speaking to another front row dad friend of ours, and we're going to create camping trips and some other uh, excursions to create transformative three to five day trips. And he was kind of saying the same thing. And I said, you know what? Because he doesn't want to be on social media either. And I said, I've been telling myself this story for the last year. And I said, it's not true. So just in Front our Dads, we have 350 members. How many of them have other communities, other networks? They do have big social networks. We can tie into where the message resonates, and it doesn't have to be just us.
1: Yeah,
0: That's a, a rabbit hole on its own. The point is that stepping out of a career that I spent 20 years building... Not only takes a lot of arrows, (laughs) the shame and guilt arrows being hurled at me from so much of society and family and friends. And how could I give that up? And what am I going to do? And what about the money? And what about stability? And what about this? And there's so much fear. And while all of those have some merit, they struggle in their own lives, in their own ways with their own health and their own wellness, each of them in a different way. And, And from a baseline, what's better? I wake up, I'm In the most awake, alive, feeling good place I've ever been. My blood works off the charts. My health's in a great place. But no, I don't have the finances I once did or the gallivanting around the world that I once did. And my answer today is so what?
1: And that's part of the message because I think you and I both resonate. I'm still learning this piece. Like you said, with living in the present moment and letting go, like it's an ongoing thing, right? It's never like, I got it and I'm good. Like the cloud didn't just open up and this beautiful. It's like, no, I'm. my only question to you is the same question that I think people ask themselves on their deathbed is they don't care about the stuff they made or they have or the money. It's their regrets of not trying. It's the regrets mm-hmm. of not doing the thing that I knew I needed to do or I should have tried, like going into that unknown. So I appreciate that story that you've created because I think... Why I'm so compelled is as I learn this journey of wholeness, I guess that's the best way I look at it is being whole. It's not about the stuff, but a lot of us get caught in that rat race, right? That's why we're in groups of entrepreneurs, but they also have refocused that a little bit. And I think some of these vestiges and EOs is, you know, there's a place and time when you're building... A business where you're putting most of your energy in the build of the business. But then I think what I've noticed in myself too, is what I'm speaking through me is there's a point in time where that becomes your pattern and your norm. And then all of a sudden you forget that there's all this other stuff in buckets. It's like you built it up to get to a certain place. And I can't tell you how many entrepreneur friends I have that all they do is they look for the higher exit and then they go in to buy the other business and the next business and get a higher exit. And I was like, money to me is the means to an experience. It's not the experience itself. And I love hearing your story because what I heard from you is I feel whole in the morning. I feel that it's all part of human existence, right? What else is there besides the stuff and the chat yeah. boxes? So you coach people on this now, right? This is your thing. Yeah, I do.
0: I do. Tell, I do tell a us little... a little bit about... Of about 3x bold. So, as I said, it, I really sat with what's next in my own journey after learning all this. And I do some personal coaching. I've created some master classes around some of the inner work I believe is necessary to have it really be sticky in the outer world. And whether that's breath work, meditation, gratitude, manifestation timeouts, just these two different tool sets of how can we start to really take back the control of us versus letting outside influences constantly impact who we are, our emotional state, how we show up. And I know I needed that in my life. So I created a masterclass around that. I've got another masterclass around, it's called the Bowl Blueprint. And I do some personal coaching with it, but it's teaching people how to go from not prioritizing themselves ultimately to a place of showing up bold, which means I'm my number one priority and I've chosen a life by choice, not by chance. And there's different steps to get there. There's different paths and I share my path and my path works for a subset of people out there. And more than anything, more than just doing this coaching and then doing some leadership development within organizations, because instead of just reading the management books or how to lead books, it's doing some personal inner growth work But even at the lower level or mid-level management levels, because being one myself and seeing it in my career, like those are the ones who are like, yes, I got to the next level, I got promoted and they grip tighter. And you keep gripping tighter until you get to a point where it's like, oh, I can't grip anymore because it's so big underneath me. But how do you start to learn to let go of that grip of control earlier on? Mm -hmm. Maybe you manage two people. You don't need to control them, right? How do you start to let yourself, your authentic self shine through? Because really, you just want those people to do their best job. So it's leadership development that kind of combines personal growth with management skill sets. But all of this for me, the book, this work I'm doing now, and I'm staying open to, I I don't know what it's going to look like. There's some speaking gigs and workshops I'm doing, but it's about giving people permission. And what I mean by that is there are a ton of great people and a lot of good content out there for you want to go down a religious route or a spiritual route or the very nuanced specifics of... What you do for a living or your business or what you're interested in from a hobbyist standpoint, right? There's all this other content out there, but how do you give yourself permission to show up in a way where you can actually say, oh, I can put myself first. I can lean into feeling what are the first steps of letting go. But to do that, you got to trust yourself first. You got to love yourself first. And you got to give yourself permission to say, it's not selfish to actually put myself first in these scenarios. Or to make sure that my health, I got eight hours of sleep and I ate right. And yeah, you know what? I missed half of a soccer game because I had to do that because I want to make sure I made it to the next one. It's showing people how to say yes to themselves. So that's what I mean by permission. I feel like permission is my mission. I like that. Permission is my mission. Because yeah, it, it, oof, it
1: runs deep, Right. The voice, the story in your head is if I don't show up for that soccer game that I'm not a good dad and and giving yourself permission and having the balance between your obligations or what you think are your obligations and like who you are, like that's the whole version of self-care, right? It's a work in progress for all, all of us. So thank you for that. Yeah, I'm excited to work with you. At the time of this recording, we're going to be doing a a retreat for entrepreneurs and moving them to those steps of boldness and getting that self-care piece talked about. So I'm really excited for you to be able to deliver that on a larger scale. So it's exciting for us. So how do people follow you, get a hold of you? We know you're not on social, so we're not going to go <laughs> there. And I, I don't disagree with that either. It's something that I'm starting to learn is that authenticity, if it's just doesn't resonate with you,
0: I don't love social media either. Josh, here's a question for you. When was the last time that you went on vacation or something, some event happened in your life where you weren't on social media for a couple of days, right? And during that period of time, did you lose a million dollars? Do you get five pounds heavier? Maybe you had less sex with your wife. None of these things happen, right? Nor did they cause the opposite side of it. There's arguably zero positive things for who we are at our soul level that come from us being that connected as social media makes us from a openness standpoint, from a frequency standpoint. I agree. It's almost a
1: skill now, like to think about ways to not be engaged in those spaces. And it's such a, and then you think about it and it's like, everyone doesn't see it that way. And then all of a sudden you get chastised for that. But you're thinking like, oh, no, I actually don't like social media as well from that perspective, because it doesn't How many friends do I need on Facebook? Like those aren't true friends. They're just friends. They follow me great. Most of my social media is to put content out for people so they can get something. Like I don't do the social part of it. I love the putting that out there for people that could find
0: value. And so let's talk about how we can find you. You have a website, right? I do. Yeah. 3xbold.com. So number three, the letter X and then bold. And you've got some gifts for people. I do. Yeah. You're you're a giver. I just love (laughs) you for that. Thanks. Yeah. On there is some free audio sections of my book. If you sign up for some different things, there's actually free ways to get the audio of the book. There's a bunch of free centering exercises just to be able to, how do you take a breath and learn some basic breathing exercises and stuff. A lot of the gurus are teaching out there, but I synthesize it in a way that works for me. And maybe that'll work for you. I've been trained in a couple of different meditation styles and different breathing styles. I'm heart math coherence breathing trained, and I've stacked all these pieces together in a way that works for me because what I don't want in life is I don't want to be beholden to an app every single time I either breathe or meditate or do some sort of guided mindfulness. I want to be able to just close my eyes and go inside and do it. So I teach a lot of these things. A lot of it's free. There's more advanced stuff if you want to get into a a paid masterclass. Or you can just reach out and we can chat. We can see where we can go with whether it's personal work you want to do or something in your company or at a bigger level from a retreat standpoint. Awesome. That's so cool.
1: Yeah, I think we are so connected in so many ways. Like The things I've learned over my lifespan, especially I always say I went from sick care to health care to care to healing right that's my journey and i yeah. try to give people my point of view which is if it works for them great like you said like i'm just building this model for myself and it works for people that it resonates for and that's all that we can do so i love that perspective because you do you have this unique perspective that makes you and makes you human and you've built around you built your model i would just say, like see it oh Here we go. I got some of these meditation things and I bring some of these breathing things in. I bring corporate leadership in and then I bring personal growth in and self-care. And all of a sudden, what I've done, I just help other people through my story. And if it helps them, then great. Then we're helping people rather than, you know, I was talking about this the other day is like the whole, there's like this whole newness to It's almost like social media issues that we talk about, like spiritual narcissism. Like there's a whole lot of people in this business to do things. And we talk about it in psychedelics world too, is there's a whole lot of yuck going on in these, these spaces. And I don't love connecting with people. It's an energy thing for me. And it's like, pureness is awesome. And you're a pure dude. And you are there to genuinely help people like you and I never talk about selling. We're always talking about value and what we can offer the world and ourselves and humanity and moving things forward. So I love what you're doing. I Thank you so much for sharing your story. You are too humble to plug your stuff, but I think people should definitely download or buy your book if they feel this story resonated with them because it's the way I look at it with books is if I know someone and they've written a book, I'm going to buy 10 copies anyway,
0: because I want to support them and I want to support their mission and their story. So let me say this, Josh. One of the things I found is people start thinking about what does this permission mean? How do I give myself permission? How do I get out of my uh, own way to yeah. start? One of the first steps that I teach people is to become the observer. Stop being the judge, jury, and executioner across not only how you judge yourself, which we are arguably... judging every thought we have every move we make every item of clothing we put on everything we do but we also pay attention person walking by that you pass on the street or in the grocery store or you're talking to on the phone or the barista at the starbucks or wherever it is like you've got some judgment around how they show up what they're wearing how they're speaking to you what their intonation is like we are constantly doing this in life and this is one of my favorite as a quote from that i wrote in the book and it's that when we step into curiosity We find that we have a choice to see the world through other people's eyes, to imagine what their experiences are, even though we can never know them directly. And I love this because Mm -hmm. curiosity is not a new word. I don't own it. It is definitely something that I live my life by is how do I step into curiosity more often? But each of our experiences are so different in life. And to be able to pause and say, wait a minute, I'm just going to observe here for a minute. I'm not going to judge because how can I possibly know what they're going through, how they're showing up? I'm just going to listen and see, can I see the world through their eyes for just a minute? That's about as much as we can handle before our ego takes back over. But it's so humbling when we actually take a step back and pause and do that. It's a great first step. And there's an authenticity
1: around the curiosity, right? Mm -hmm. Because you said, you can't just, oh, I'm going to be curious, look at them that way. You really have to come at it from that loving perspective of who they are. Thank you for sharing that. The one thing that I'm working on right now is also taking that from my perspective, how I'm showing almost like a third person looking at Josh going on. You're that judge, right? We know we're judging things and ourselves and this is like almost taking it from that third party sometimes and taking it out from that perspective has helped me to understand myself and my programming.
0: Yeah. I would like to give one more spoiler if I may, and then we we can wrap this up. So this may be a tomorrow You'll figure this out, spoiler. It might be 10 years from now, spoiler. But in my journey, one of the things I've learned is that the reason we do all this work, the reason we give ourselves permission, get curious, start owning our personal agency, step into choice, is that at the end of the day, the only person we live and die with is ourselves. We only have us. And I'm not speaking spiritually. Maybe you believe Jesus is in your heart, or you believe you're connected to the the infinite, the all things, however you call it. But physically, we only have us. We're born with us, we leave with us. And getting to know and to love and to trust ourselves. This is where all the answers come from. This is the only person you need to ever like you and appreciate you in your life, is right here, looking yourself in the mirror. None of the rest of it matters. And that does stand on its own. But one thing I'm sure you talk about on your podcast, because you and I have talked about these things. I want to give a little bit of a, I guess, a placeholder on a topic you can, I can do a round two on at some point in time. But this self-trust is so important because today more than ever, people are waking up and there are things out there and people out there and movements out there abusing that. And let me read something from, have you ever read Dr. David Hawking's? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I just I've- read his book, Letting Go. Letting go. go. All awesome. Yeah, love. It. From one of his other books, he says, "God is beyond form." It's important to recognize that what is beyond form cannot be reached through form or by the manipulation of form. Therefore, involvement in esoteric or occult practices is a snare and a delay. These practices are byways that lead to astral planes, enthusiasts, and proselytizers, which are endless in number. There is no specific power in geometric figures, mandalas, icons, paintings, statues, or recitations. And he goes on from there. But the point is, I used plant medicine in parts of my journey, right? I've used other modalities to help unlock and to really get to this place, which we didn't get into any of this stuff. And all those things can be helpful, and they're not the path on their own. They're not the path. And I just want to put a placeholder there because. This work is difficult and it takes a lot to sometimes jostle ourselves into a place where we're finally listening. There's a lot of good tools out there, but the tools themselves are not the path. It's not being said enough out there. So I really wanted to say that as we talk about this deep transformative work. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to stop with that. Like it's leaning in, not leaning
1: out. Beautiful. My friend, I can't wait to do another one of these. Can't wait to see you, give you a hug in person soon. I hope everyone enjoyed this. 3xbold.com, Brent Perkins, friend, amazing person. I thank you for sharing your story. And I hope this gives people some value. Stay well. Thanks for listening to the Beyond the Pills podcast. You can find Josh on LinkedIn and Facebook at Josh Rimini and on TikTok at Beyond the Pills. And if you enjoyed today's episode, we'd be forever grateful if you left a review wherever you get your podcasts. If you know somebody who wants to go beyond the pills, send them this episode. If you've got any specific questions or ideas for future episodes, reach out to Josh and send him a message. Thanks again for being a part of the Beyond the Pills community. We'll see you next time.